Time keeps on leaving and we keep on moving. When do we pass on our wisdom to the youth? My veteran story lost our discussions. Fireside chats with the bourbon or two. It's time to hear the story by military veterans. Get yourself ready. It's the Lost Arts Podcast. The Lost Arts with Andrew Cox. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Lost Art Podcast. That podcast given a voice to our veterans. Today, we're going to welcome a Marine veteran, Zach Roberts, to the program for another episode of My Veteran Story. But first, I want to give a shout out to our very first TLA patron. In case you are wondering, a TLA patron is a donor to the podcast to help keep the podcast running at high tempo and getting more and more veteran stories recorded for our friends, families, and servicemen and women. If you want to support the efforts to the podcast, go to the Lost Art Podcast website and click on the patron link. There it will take you in and you can sign up for donating money. And if you do that, you're going to get extra bonuses. You're going to get extra podcasts with sea stories, uh, group discussions, and other military topic discussions uh, throughout there. Again, thanks for your support, and thanks to the very first TLA patron. You are a rock star, and I appreciate your efforts here. All right, with that, Zach, you out there? I'm right here. Awesome. Zach, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? Oh, excellent. I can't complain at all. So uh, I'm excited to have you here. Um, we served together for a short stint uh, back at uh, the uh, Recruit Depot, right? And in the band there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I'm excited. I, I want to hear your story and uh, w- what you've been up to and all that type of stuff. So uh, if you don't mind, like, uh, let's just start out at the beginning. Like, where, where, uh, what made you join the Marine Corps? That that whole thing, and let's just start going through it. Yeah. So, I mean, it it really it goes all the way back to middle school, right? Um, there was uh, myself and a group of friends, uh, my buddy Jake, Justin, and then uh, our other friend Tyler. Um, so, uh, my buddy Jake, his dad, uh, he was a mass sergeant in the Marine Corps uh, okay. for uh, a while, and uh, we were in eighth grade and, um, Jake had come forward and he's like, Hey, you know, um, we wanted, my dad wants to do this like job shadow thing with us. And, uh, we basically ended up going over to, uh, one of the Marine Corps reserve bases here in Madison at the time. And, uh, we, uh, we did the Ismet, uh, we did some PT with them. Uh, we got to eat some MREs, look at the armory and everything and just kind of spend the day with the Marines. And, from that day on, I know me for sure, and I think everyone else too, because they all ended up going in. We were pretty much dead set on, okay, we're we're going to the Marine Corps. <laughs> like, there's right, no way yeah. fans or butts about it, um, you know. And so I started talking to my recruiter, and I think this guy was like crazy or something, because you know, after you get through all the paperwork and stuff, and you know, you're in the delayed entry program and everything, and you start doing the uh, PT cycles with them and stuff. I I specifically remember this one mile and a half run night. It was like the middle of winter. So it's cold as hell. And (laughs) we get back to the little, uh, you know, detachment or whatever. And we run in the front door and all of a sudden I'll never forget his name, Sergeant Foreman. He comes around the door and I'm like, Oh, he's got a rifle. And it ended up being an airsoft rifle, but he's like, hit the ground. And so we're all just like diving on the floor and he's shooting darn airsoft pellets at us. And I'm just like, what the heck is this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll get you, get your interest peaked pretty quick right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, I mean, it was something else though. We had, we had a good time with him. Um, you know, but I, in talking to him, um, I had no idea that the Marine Corps even had a, a band. Right. I had absolutely no clue. My initial thought was, you know, I want to either be a pilot because I love flying planes, love playing flight simulators, or I wanted to be a sniper. Uh Um, So one of the things he wanted me to do was go and get an eye exam done. Um, Because obviously I didn't know at the time, but you needed to have like perfect color vision and all that stuff to be both. Um, 
So I ended up finding out that I was red, green, color deficient. So that pretty much nixed me from being a pilot and a sniper. Okay. <laughs> um, and then he's like, what else are you good at? And I said, well, I play the drums. And he's like, you do? And that, of <laughs> course, piqued his interest right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, then he started telling me about the band. And I'm just like, ah, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't really know if something that I'm interested in. Like, I love playing the drums, but I, I just don't know if that's what I want to do in the military. Yeah. So, and the more and more he uh, kind of sold me on this idea, the more and more I was like, you know, maybe this is, maybe this isn't going to be so bad. Like, you get to travel a lot. and. Mm-hmm. Um, meet a bunch of different people. So I, you know, we, we got on kind of the bad wing with that. And, um, you know, you do your auditions at high school. And I remember I, I used to practice like the same thing over and over again. It was, you know, my, my prepared piece that I was working on. Right. And my, my band instructor at the time, he comes out and he's like, are you going to keep playing that thing? Like the rest of the day, I <laughs> kind of looked at him like, well, yeah. He's like, okay, just, just, just wondering. <laughs> so I, I think he was, I, yeah, I think he was getting annoyed, but I was like, you know, if I, if I don't get this, this part right, like it's going to sound like crap and I'm probably not going to get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up auditioning three different times for the band, um, my sophomore year, my junior year and my senior year in high school and my senior year back to Jeff again, my, uh, my, uh, Jake's dad. Uh-huh. He somehow hooked it up to get Quantico's Marine Corps band to come to my high school. So oh, it was, cool. yeah. So they, they played for the high school and then right after they got done playing is when I had my final audition. So, okay. um, do you remember who auditioned you? Uh, it was, Oh, was it Gunny? How? How? Yeah. 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 I, okay. the gla- gl- guy with the glasses, bald head. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was definitely him. Um, yeah, so he auditioned me. Uh, I ended up getting a 3-0, and I picked my duty station, and that will kind of lead into something here a little later once we get to the, this good old school of music. <clears throat> so, you know, I uh, we finished with the audition, and then I just kind of was prepping and waiting to go to boot camp. So I used to watch uh, Full Metal Jacket like every night for <laughs> two, three weeks leading up to going to boot camp because I'm like, I got to be ready for this crap, you know? <laughs> And that, that's a good movie to watch. It is a very good movie to watch. And, you know, now there's stuff like Black Friday, Dark Dawn and all that stuff you can right. people can watch. And uh, I think it in a way it kind of it almost ruins it just a little bit, I think, because now it's like kids are going to know exactly what to, what yeah. to what they're going to have to deal with. That's a good point. Yeah, it, it does kind of uh, take out the mystique a little bit of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me going, you know, going to boot camp, there was that, that fear of the unknown first time Mm -hmm. being away from home, not really knowing what the heck was going on. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I just remember getting there and, you know, you're standing on the yellow footprints for what seemed like hours Yeah, and you're like falling asleep and then they're walking past you trying to keep you awake and you're holding your darn scene bag at your feet and stuff. And, um, (laughs) you know, I'm just, it, it was so crazy. And, uh, and just, you know, going and getting that, your first haircut. And I swear to God, that was probably the most painful haircut I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I, I mean, it literally feels like they're ripping the scalp off you, right? I am pretty sure. I don't know this 100%, but I'm pretty sure they do that on purpose. I, I yeah. yeah, yeah. They, and it's the same guys who have been cutting hair there uh, the entire time. I remember going to recruit training and uh, I think they're Italian, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah yeah that sounds right yeah so go in and and the uh the guy that cut my hair in boot camp his son was uh there whenever uh i came back as a drill instructor so that are you serious yeah that family has been doing the same thing for years and years and years they must get paid pretty well Uh, i would imagine so (laughs) they probably get paid by the haircut so (laughs) yeah right that's the case they're doing really well yeah exactly exactly that's crazy. You just chart, you know, write your, your government tab for X amount of haircuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that was, it was just such an intense time, you know, you, and then going through receiving and kind of, you know, you're getting sorted, you're going to medical and mm-hmm. the thoughts in my head, I'm like, man, am I going to get homesick? Like, you know, yeah. But, uh, that kind of died away pretty quick. I mean, there was a little bit of that, but that died away pretty quick for me. Um, you know, but I, 
you know, my, my father, when I was growing up, he really wasn't around much. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't really have like a, you know, a, a set father figure that I could look up to every day and stuff. So I, I remember meeting my senior drill instructor for the first time and his, his name, it was a uh, gunnery sergeant Hill at the time. And he's this big, huge black guy. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, yeah there's no way I'm going to be messing with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so he was, you know, I mean, as obviously as uh, stern and everything as he was, he was the closest thing to a father figure that I had yeah. um, for th- those three months time period. And he he influenced me quite a bit. And, you know, he would whenever he'd set us down in that, uh, you know, the senior drill instructor circle, what they do, he called it his chill spot. So whenever oh, that's funny. Whenever we were going to talk to him, he'd be like, set up the chill spot, set up the chill spot, I sir. And you grab all the foot lockers and we did, you know, kind of the horseshoe school circle thing. And then he had to have three. So you'd set up three for him and then everyone else would, you know, y'all bring your foot lockers around and you kind of sit there and chill yeah. out for a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it was just, it was really nice kind of having that, um, uh, because I think that kind of helped you know, shape me after even boot camp still. But, um, you know, I just remember the mix of people and the stupid things that some people would do, you know, from hiding the uh, peanut butter in the foot lockers. And then the next thing you know, we uh, come back and somehow, some way, one of the drill instructors found an open foot locker. Oh, and lo and behold, there's peanut butter in the foot locker. And- oh, man. <laughs> That's just like just like the movie, you know. I know it's like <laughs> you owe me for one jelly donut, <laughs> and I, and it's funny because, so what proceeded to happen after that was there's a meme that floats around the internet about this, but our squad bay it looked like a nuclear bomb went off because you know they're telling us to get two sheets and a blanket, grab our foot lockers, dump your foot lockers out, grab all your shoes throw them in the middle of the squad bay. Okay. Now grab your mattresses, throw all those in the middle of the squad bay and your racks too. And I'm just like, this is, this is insane. How the hell am I going to find my stuff when all this is done? (laughs) Well, and something must've happened because all of a sudden our senior drill instructor came out of the drill instructor hut and he's like, everyone get the fuck outside. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh boy. So we're all run outside and I think we must've been late to class or something. So we, you know, we go, we march to the house of knowledge, we go to our class or whatever. And, um, we come back like an hour, hour and a half later. I think it was around that time, whatever. And it was like God came into the squad bay and just like sorted everything out because all the racks were put back. All the foot lockers were back. Oh, all wow. my stuff was like exactly where it should be. And I'm just like, something's not right. Like, huh who's playing games with us right now? It, it almost scared me for a split second because I was like, this can't be real right now. <laughs> like yeah. this thing looked like a mess. So I don't know if like, you know, the drill instructors kind of did something bad that senior was like, you, you're going to fix this now. But it was <laughs> just, it was, was. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I remember going up to uh, camp Pendleton and, you know, you kind of get to that second stage of boot camp where, you know, you're, you're focusing more on like rifle qual and the hiking and all that stuff. And, you know, they always tell you, don't leave your, your weapon unattended. Well, we were, we were sleeping up in the ghetto, you know, with our, uh, tents that were nothing more than pacha liners. And I asked my, my bunk mate, I was like, Hey, can you, can you watch my rifle? I, I really got to go and make a head call. And it was, I, I, it was sometime at night. It had to be like one, two AM in the morning. Right. So I get up, I go make my head call. He said he was going to watch my rifle. Um, and I come back and I was like, Hey, uh, you got my rifle? He's like, huh? And he fell asleep again. So right, he's like, yeah. no, I, I don't have it. I said, well, it's, it's not in my sleeping bag. Like, oh, what'd you no. do with it? Are you, are you playing some game on me? He's like, no, dude, I, I really don't have it. I'm like, oh shit. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, freaking Sergeant Lemus got it. Drill instructor Sergeant Lemus got it. And this, I don't know. I, I was like his favorite recruit because he would always mess with me. Right. Um, so I go to him and I'm like, you know, sir, this recruit can't find his rifle. And he's like, I'll be right back. He's like, you wait here. He comes back. He's like, is this your rifle? And I read the serial number. I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, yep, you're going to pay. 
you're going to pay from now until the time the crucible is done. You're going to pay. I'm like, he's like, it's not going to be right now, but you'll know. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like, he's not even going to make me pay for it now. Now I just have this impending doom to look forward to. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it was funny, though, because we had this this recruit in our platoon. His name, I will never forget his last name. His last name was Demerley. But his nickname became Dummerley. Oh, no. So the, I don't know what, what was going on with this guy, but something was a little off. So every time he messed something up and would get PT'd, Sergeant Lemus would come and find me and he'd be like, Hey, your battle buddy's in the, in the sand. You might want to join him. So <laughs> from then on, I became known as recruit Dummerley's, um, his battle buddy in nice. the IT pit. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, you know, we had some fun in the sand for a little while with that there. Um, <laughs> you know, I, Another good moment, I, I think, was probably the pugil sticks. I really enjoyed that. I actually I knocked some kids flat on his ass. I <laughs> literally I just ran into the that I think it's called the Thunderdome. Yeah, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Uh-huh. I just ran in there and literally just speared him right in the face, and he just went <laughs> flying backwards. And I my senior drill instructor and the corpsman, and I think like the company commander or someone else was, they were up in like that observation area or whatever. And they're just like, Oh, holy crap. Like, and they're clapping and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, it, we, we did good, I guess, uh, for that event. Cause we, we ended up getting phone calls home that night, which obviously I'm sure, oh, you know, nice. that's pretty much few and far between for that to happen. Oh yeah. Um, is it, I gotta ask though, is it true they can use cell phones now? Oh no, not not that oh, I'm aware I, of. Okay, I didn't think so, but I've I've been hearing some rumors about that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I I would venture to say no. I I'm not I'm not haven't been on the streets in a while, so I I don't know a hundred percent, but I can't imagine that they're using cell phones at all at, at all because they take all your personal effects. Yeah, that yeah. box right, and then you get it back like after uh, when you're done. I got gotcha, you. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think so. You know, you, just, you hear stuff and you're like, I don't think that's true. Maybe other branches, but not the Marine Corps. Just no, I, sound I right. do know that the, I, I believe it's the Army and the Air Force, they get to keep their cell phones uh, and are able to make fun. Now, they give them time to do that uh, as well. Uh, uh, so, you know, but, you know, each service has their own little thing going on. Yeah, my, uh, my form of a cell phone was um, staying up after lights out and hiding riding gear in my pillow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Used to write letters home. Moonbeam, right? uh, Not, not even. I had just enough light from just kind of the ambient lighting coming from like the airport and all the lights Mm. outside, just enough to be able to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there was no moonbeaming, but I, uh, I definitely used to shove a couple pieces of paper and a pen in my pillow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then after lights was out, I'd pull them out and kind of sneak writing letters. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All the, so, all the little things you you figure out to, uh, so you don't get caught. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I I don't know if I've ever like when we're doing um like you go and you do the the PT cycles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had a colder shower in my life um, than after doing PT in boot camp. <laughs> I don't know if, and maybe you can tell me, but, uh, you know, I remember getting back after one session, I think we must've done like the old course or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, strip down and y'all are going to take showers. And it was still first phase. Yeah. So, you know, we stripped down, they take us over to the shower and they've got every single shower head turned on. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, Oh, you know, we're going to get like five, 10 minutes, take a warm shower, Wag- you know, wagon wheel. He, and that is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single file wagon wheel under every shower head. And the part that I think was done on purpose, it's like one, one shower head's like extremely freaking hot. Yeah. The next one is like below zero cold. <laughs> and it, it, they alternated that like throughout the whole thing. And I'm just like, they got to be doing this on purpose. This is crazy. Like I'm, I am freezing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will tell you, you can actually turn the hot water completely off. And uh, that's what we used to do when uh, we would do the wagon wheel. We'll turn the hot water off, leave the cold water on, and then they'd go through. And uh, it, it would help uh, make them go through a little faster. 
<laughs> I, I figured something was up with that. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> good times. Yeah, very, very good. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I remember, um, and this will kind of lead into something, you know, after my, after I got out of the military too, cause I actually ended up running into this guy. Uh, so at the time it was drill instructor Sergeant Green. Mm-hmm. And he was this, this little short black guy. And I mean, I didn't, I'm, I was so glad he was responsible for a different platoon. Yeah. Um, because I swear every time our platoon would see him, he was always ITing somebody. It didn't matter if it was in his own <laughs> platoon or someone else's platoon. It, he was like always ITing somebody. I was like, I never want to meet this guy. I don't even want him to come close to me. I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. I, I just, I don't want anything to do with him. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it was just funny because I, he had a very distinct voice. And I mean, you know how the kind of like the drill instructor's voices get and everything. Mm-hmm. But he had a very definitive voice, and I actually ended up running into him here. Um, oh, I want to say it was probably like two or three years ago, mm-hmm. and it was at one of the Marine Corps balls here in Wisconsin. And oh, nice. um, he was a gunny, um, a little bit bigger, yeah, now than than then. But the only reason I recognized him was because of his voice. And then I had to obviously stop him and start asking him questions. And lo and behold, <laughs> it was the same. It was, you know, now gunnery, gunner Sergeant Green, but he was like, that was me. I, we spent like the next three hours drinking and just, you know, BSing and laughing. It was, it was something else. That's awesome. But I, you know, and I think that it just goes to show, and that's one of those times when you realize just how, how small the Marine Corps is. And, um, you know, you look back on boot camp and it's like, that was a very, very short amount of time. Yeah. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter if they were a drill instructor then, like, you know, once you become a Marine, you're a Marine, you're a part of that brotherhood. Yeah. And that camaraderie is something that just never dies. And absolutely. And that just continues even after you get out. Yeah. They, I, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, like you were saying before, uh, how you didn't really have that father figure and stuff like that. And your senior became kind of that fa- father figure for you a little bit. Uh, there, there are people come from all walks of life that co- join the military and, and they, you know, maybe they didn't have blood family, you know, maybe they were adopted or whatever. And the Marine Corps or whatever branch of service you're in, those individuals become family. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so it, Very it much just so. goes to show that years and years later. Right. You're talking to one of the drill instructors and it was like no time passed. You know, same thing with me and you. No time has passed. You know, there's there is that brotherhood. Right. Of uh, yeah. just being together or whatever uh, in the military. Yeah, I, it's it's. It's just insane. And, you know, I mean, I can try and laugh and joke and, you know, say little like little like jokes, like only like people in the Marine Corps or the Army or the Navy or just being in the military in general would understand. You you, you know, you try and tell civilians that stuff or talk to them about it. Very true. And they just kind of give you this blank stare like they have <laughs> like you're stupid or something. And it's like yes. and it almost makes you feel kind of bad because you're like, I mean, it, it's like this was part of my life and they just they they don't even care yeah yeah and they <laughs> just know. don't get it a lot of them just no. don't get it so no they they literally don't uh you know and it's just they look at you like a deer in headlights and you're mm-hmm. like wow like okay now i now i kind of feel a little stupid but <laughs> <laughs> well just know we're there with you uh so you can laugh at yourself because yeah uh, if we were there we'd all be laughing with you so Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, my, my, my overall, I'd say my boot camp experience was, it was, it was very good. I would actually say I'd go and do it again. I mean, oh wow, you know, it, it gets you into shape. You learn a lot and uh, mm-hmm. you learn a lot about yourself and getting pushed to literally the extreme to where your body can't go anymore. I mean, yeah. and then you still find some way to keep going. I mean, you know, that the, the crucible and the reaper hike, it's, it's no joke. I, I remember hiking to the reaper, you know, people think, oh, you just do the mountain. No, no, you actually have to hike to it and then hike back afterwards. Yeah. So that adds more miles onto it. But I, I remember just running out of food during the crucible and I think I had a cookie left and I ate it sometime in the wee hours of the morning, right before we started hiking to go to the reaper. Yeah. And then while we were hiking to the reaper, I remember like falling asleep, waking up, falling asleep, waking up while I'm walking. Yeah. 
And I'm just like somehow managed to stay in line with everybody. And then I just remember I had to go to the bathroom really bad. Like I had to take a wicked piss. Yeah. And you know, you do the whole, you know, this request permission to make a head call and they tell you no. And it's like, this request permission to make an emergency head call. They're still (laughs) like, no. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I got to go. I'm going. So I just, I started pissing and I, I went right in my camis. It gets got down into my boots and I'm just like, Uh. I don't even care right now. And. Sergeant Lemus comes around. He's like, Roberts, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> this screw's going to the bathroom, sir. And he's like, you gotta be, he's like, you gotta be joking me. And he just ran away. He didn't even say a thing. Oh, that's funny. But I was like, I gotta go. I'm going. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, boot, boot camp was pretty good overall. You know, you had some, some fun experiences and everything. Um, you always got good you know, stories coming out of boot camp for sure. Yeah. Yeah. MCT wasn't too bad either. Um, I don't know. I was a couple weeks delayed getting there and stuff. Um, and I was more or less just kind of looking forward to going to the school of music at that point and kind of getting towards, you know, the job that I was going to be doing. Cause that's right, what I yeah. loved, right? I love playing drums, but you know, obviously there was the, what I thought MCT was and what it actually was, was kind of a little different. And I think that's just because I was a little kind of young and naive at the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I definitely love getting to mess with like all the different weapon systems and, you know, you learn about tactics and everything. And, um, you know, I, I particularly, I remember shooting the two Oh threes and them, uh, talking about this infamous Buffalo that apparently used yeah. to roam the range. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> we never saw it, but, uh, you know, I just hearing those like stories and then you're kind of like looking out there for him and you see the dumpster out there and you're like, Oh, is that him? Oh wait, no, it's just a dumpster. <laughs> but, uh, our instructor at the time, he had bet us, they're like, all right, whichever one of you can get your paint round into the dumpster, not on the side, but if you can get it into the dumpster, we'll buy you a pizza. Oh, wow. That didn't happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, you're eating the chow hall food and stuff and mm-hmm. you don't really have an MREs and you're like, Oh, pizza sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you never saw the Buffalo? Never saw the Buffalo. So I, I got to see them whenever we were at uh, MCT uh, a long time ago. Uh, we were shooting and they had the ceasefire, the whole thing. They, there's probably about, I don't know, eight or so of them that wandered onto the range and we just oh. waited and then eventually they roamed off the range and then we were able to start firing again. But man, we were out there forever. It felt like waiting. Oh, I'm sure. Day. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, that big wildlife reserve. So yeah. <laughs> not a lot of people know about that. You tell them that and they're like, what? Oh yeah. They're that whole base. When I was uh, stationed there uh, just recently, there was one Buffalo uh, that was uh, separated from all the other Buffalo. So Sure. They say that when a buffalo gets separated like that, it's on purpose because they're going to die, right? Oh, wow. Uh, but this one buffalo, it, and had been there for years and years and years, separated and never went back to the herd and would just wander by itself all over Camp Pendleton. Uh, I don't know how many times I'd be driving to work. Oh, oh there's the buffalo up on the hill. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, for for a while, I thought it was just like some, you know, story, but people were telling just to kind of, you know, oh, look for the buffalo, but there really isn't any, and yeah. uh, that's crazy. Yeah, they're definitely there, that's for sure. <laughs> Good to know. So, yeah, I, you know, MCT, I mean, it was a super short stint, and then um, we go to the School of Music for us, and, uh, and that was... Virginia uh, Beach. Yeah, yeah, good old Virginia Beach. That's right. Right where you're at. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that place it was uh it was definitely something. Um you know, and you kinda set the most of some of the marine stuff, you know, aside, like as far as the weapons and stuff, and now you're picking up uh for me it was a drum. Uh, yeah. I played drums ever since I was really young. Mm-hmm. Uh my first set of drums was actually steel garbage cans in my grandparents' driveway with nice. sticks yeah. that I would break off from the tree. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. you know, that's how I got started. And then one year they bought me a drum set for Christmas, got me into lessons, and I'm pretty sure they regretted that for a little while. But I think every parent that has a kid playing drums regrets it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is uh, one of the things that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> it does get a little so, loud. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, my neighbors, they would always say, yeah, we can hear you, but it sounds good, so we don't really care. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Well, that, hey, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I... Yeah, the school was something else. I mean, I, you do stuff uh, while you're playing the drums that I never would have thought you'd uh, do. Um, you know, I, do you remember Staff Sergeant Schmidlin at all? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember when he he used to take us out uh, for a field drill. Yep. Um, when I was there, and he's like, "We're gonna we're gonna do some some good marching stuff today. It's really gonna help you guys out." And <laughs> he takes us. I can't remember where we went, but he's like, "All right, so." We're going to march in a single file line, but everyone's going to march on this curb. And I'm thinking, you're nuts. <laughs> and of course, I've got the bass drum today. Yeah. So, yeah, the next thing you know, we're we're literally marching on this curb playing Waltzing Matilda. Nice. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, I'm going to break an ankle. Like yeah. something's going to happen. I'm going to break my ankle and that's going to be it. I didn't. We figured it out. Um, so, you know, and I, I want to, were we slow marching on this thing? I'm trying to remember if we were slow marching on this curb or not. Uh, Could have been. Oh, I don't know. I was playing Waltzing Matilda, probably not, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we were. I can't remember. But all I remember is just marching on this curb and thinking I was going to break an ankle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, you got to love how. Uh, ingenious Marines are in thinking up ways of training. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just funny because it's like, you know, normal people would not think about this. Yeah. They, they wouldn't even suggest <laughs> it because they know how insane it just sounds. Yeah. <laughs> but then you go back to like the stuff that happened in boot camp, like, you know, oh, get two sheets and a blanket online. Oh, get your hygiene kit online right now and hang it out in front of you with one finger. Yeah. And just hold it. And just, yeah, just hold it. Yeah. It's amazing how light a little tiny bag or, or, how uh, a lightweight little tiny bag can get so heavy after about 20 minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's very, very true. Uh, um, yeah, but uh, school music was fun. I mean, I, you know, it really kind of tunes you into your instrument a lot more than you ever would have thought. I mean, every yeah. morning, you know, you're in, in those practice rooms practicing. And I, I remember just being so tired, especially, you know, waking up at like four or five in the morning, going mm -hmm. to PT and then coming back, taking a shower or whatever, going to the school, and then sitting in a practice room until you have like your first rehearsal of the day or whatever. Yeah. And I just remember like falling asleep trying to play the drum kit. <laughs> and I remember waking up one time, my headphones were still on and my head is literally like on the low top. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that probably happened a few times, not just more than once, but I mean, you know, you, you make it work and you kind of yeah, just keep yeah. going. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just, I was amazed at how, how good and how much better some of the people were at school of music than, than I was. And I'm like, man, I got a three all on my high school audition. Like, and now I, I feel like I suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, that's, that's pretty normal. Um, just about every student that shows up here um, is like that. They come in and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm awesome. And then they, they, you know, they play for the first time or whatever in front of an instructor and does not go well. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, my God, I'm the worst thing ever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that, you know, you spend a lot of time off your horn and, and off your instrument and then coming in and, you know, you're nervous because you got Marines in front of you and you just were indoctrinated in boot camp about, you know, senior Marines and stuff. It, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought it was kind of interesting how like and I don't know if it's still the same way, but uh, at the time, I know uh, the Army band members they were kind of like still considered to be in boot camp or something to where oh, they yeah. still had drill sergeants at, at the school that's right yeah and they're still like that so the the army when they do it they their uh mos school or their where their job is uh is still considered that entry level or uh boot oh, camp wow. style type of thing now not near as much as in like actual boot camp uh right. but at every schoolhouse uh throughout the country there is a drill sergeant that is responsible for um, the discipline aspect of what's going on at the school. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I, Cause I remember we, you know, we'd always look at them and be like, they're still in boot camp. Like we're out. Like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, and you watch them kind of get IT'd by their drill sergeants and everything. And then yeah. there was this, uh, this one guy, his name was Harris. Um, somehow, some way he found a smoky bear. I, I don't know where he got it from, but he had one. 
so you know when we weren't at the school and kind of in our off time in the evenings we used to like run around the barracks talking like drill instructors and then there was a handful of us that every now and again we'd go and like it each other outside yeah you know and some of the people from the army detachment would be walking by like y'all are nuts and we're just like <laughs> no we're having a great time <laughs> it's yeah it's funny what you think is fun <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's good stuff now do you remember yeah. who your instructors were oh so i had oh well, like we kind of talked about before i know a senior enlisted was it was um actually guns farquhar at the time yep. I think Chief Warrant Officer Five Jacob, yeah, he was he was the CO. Um, Staff Sergeant Schmidlin was in the detachment, and then there was another sergeant, and I can't remember his name. Okay. Um, I know Master Guns Farquhar's wife was mm-hmm. our my teacher for um, was it theory or ear training? Theory, I think ear it training, was ear probably, training. Yeah. And then I had Staff Sergeant Sullivan uh, for theory. Okay. Yeah. I think clarinet player Sullivan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steph Sarnariano's wife. Oh, okay. Flute. At the Flute. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was Lacey and, uh, and, gotcha. uh, you know, she was there and then she actually, I think when I was leaving the school, she's like, Oh, hey, I'm probably going to see you because I'm coming to MBSD yeah. or something. Yeah, so, yeah. and then obviously we, you know, we became really good friends and everything. So, um, so I had her and then, um, I had Sergeant, was it, I think Sergeant Habib was one of my, percussion instructors mm-hmm. and then chief Karoshitz was kind of mm-hmm. whoever I went to for the auditions. Gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, I took lessons from Habib whenever I was going through, uh, the, uh, well, ceremonial conductor drum major course. I had to think of what it was called back then. Um, okay. I took, I took lessons from him when I went through. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. He, uh, he really let me know and make me feel like I really sucked at the drums. I, I, I swear, every time I went in there and I started playing, you know, I'd, I'd screw something up or whatever. And he always had the most condescending way of telling me that I sucked. But, you know, <laughs> you look back, maybe it worked, you know? Maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe he knew what you needed uh, to get through that. Yeah. I mean, I made it, you know, uh, my, my hardest part for me was the ear training. It wasn't so much the playing and, and all that stuff. It, it was the ear training. I, I remember having to go on, I think it was like remedial training and going to the school extra at night yeah, and kind of doing extra trainings on ear training. Cause I just couldn't get the hang of it. And I, I'm sorry, but I do not sing. And it, you're <laughs> asking me to sing, you know, one, two pitches and just sing numbers. Like, yeah, I was. Sorry, not good at that. Just like I suck at piano. Yeah, just about every drummer is like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, but I I overall really good experience at the school, you know, and even like when we would get ninety uh, sixes, I uh, I remember I rented a car from the Hertz that I don't know if it's still on base there. Mm, um, I don't think so. Okay, maybe but it is. I don't know. Yeah, there was a Hertz rental car on base. And I wasn't even 25 yet, but somehow, some way, I guess you could rent a car from there and mm. you were, you know, active duty or whatever. They, yeah. they were fine with it. So I rented this Mustang and I, I uh, one of my f- uh, friends from high school, she was going to an all girls college called Hollins University in Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. Um, so I think it was right around Veterans Day in November or something. But I, I drove from SOM out to School of Music out to uh, see her at Hollins University in Roanoke. And I, I didn't really know it was an all girls college until I got there. And, um, she's like, yeah, it's, it's an all girls college. And she's like, let's go get some dinner. And so we go to their version of a chow hall, which is like way better than our chow hall. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sitting there and like, everyone's looking at me. I was like the only dude in this place and it's just all women everywhere you looked. And I felt like the biggest piece of steak ever. And, you know, she was telling me, you know, a lot of them are straight, but some of them aren't. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that fine, whatever. But we ended up going to um, a friend of hers over at uh, Virginia Tech, and they, they had won the football game that night. And uh, we went to this college party. Okay. And, um, of course, I'm underage, not supposed to be drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, you know, did anyway. Right. Yeah. And 
I remember playing beer pong and they had some house rules and the house rules were, um, you know, if you didn't make a single cup, you had to go streaking around the outside of the apartment building and then come back inside. Oh, no, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But what they failed to tell me was you only had to go down to your boxers. Oh, you went all the way. I went all the way. Yeah. I like <laughs> it. Okay. And there was still snow on the ground. <laughs> it was very cold. Let me tell you. <laughs> good times. Yeah, <laughs> definitely good times. You know, I look back on it now. I'm like, man, you were really young and dumb. <laughs> yeah. It happens to the best of us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> But yeah, that was, you know, like, overall it was a great experience at the school. Um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it as hard as it was. Um, but you know, I, I think that is just to attest to how great a musicians, um, the Marine Corps band as a whole has, like, you know, it's probably the most professional you're, you're going to get in the whole world. Yeah. As yeah, far as do, playing an instrument. They do a fantastic job here. Yeah. And the marching too, you know, um, you know, and, and that's, that was kind of my favorite part about it was, you know, you watch the videos of your unit like on YouTube and stuff and yeah. or like, you know, the Rose Bowl parade that we we used to do all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, you just you see how everyone looks so great as a whole. And then to know that you were a part of that, it, it's just something that still I'm very proud to be a part of that, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Do you still have a drum head like a bass drum head? Oh, I've got a bass drum head from every unit I went to. Yeah. Okay. I, I still have mine. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, in fact, I had to ask for a couple of them cause I didn't, uh, but I, now I do, I have them all. Uh, okay. but, uh, yeah, I, I, my first band, uh, uh, was the Marine air ground combat center band in 29 palms and which uh, no longer exists. One of the, the very first, uh, um, or one of the old school, uh, logos that they had there. Uh, yeah. they switched it about a year in. And whenever they switched the logo, I took the old one and I just kept it. Uh, but I all gotcha. of my bass drum head, well, not all of them, most of them, uh, like I played on them. So, you know, you okay. can see all the dents and stuff like that. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I've still got the old one from MBSD sitting by me on the wall. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, MBSD was something, something special. I mean, it, it's completely different from being in the rest of the Marine Corps um, from what I've heard from, you know, talking to my buddy, Jake and yeah. Justin, cause my buddy, Justin, he was a mortarman and Jake was in mortar T, yeah. you know, and I, I told him about like what we used to do on a daily basis and how customs and courtesies were like held super high. And they're yeah. like, what? Like you, you got to say good morning and give a greeting. Like whenever you pass somebody, I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah that doesn't happen around here. Well, that, yeah. You know, you're talking about uh, just so everybody knows uh, Marine band San Diego is what he's referring to. Uh, that's the band that's on the recruit depot that supports all the graduations and all the different ceremonies that happen there on the depot. And uh, because it's recruit training and that's where we are establishing uh, the discipline within the recruits, uh, there's a little higher level of um, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, help me out. Uh, I mean, the customs and courtesies, hey, I think, are ha go. they're held to a higher standard. Absolutely, for sure. yeah. So, and, and which is, you know, it's it's a good thing, uh, but it, it's definitely not exactly the same. Not that there's not customs and courtesies when you go out into the uh, other areas in the fleet. Uh, it's just uh, because it's the recruit depot, it's a little bit higher. Right, right. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy my time at the band there. You know, um, and uh, people. You know, they they don't know, and the rest of the Marine Corps really doesn't know, but the band is, like, kind of one of the Marine Corps' best-kept secrets. Like, if you want to travel a lot, yeah. play an instrument, and, you know, the different groups and types of people that you meet are, you know, be between traveling and then meeting all the different people and then kind of the, the unique gigs that you do, mm -hmm. you know, getting to be on TV, do the Rose Bowl Parade, go to high schools and teach, you know, uh, other people that are, you know, about to graduate high school that, Hey, the Marine Corps has a band yeah, and you can be part of this band and, you know, play your instrument as a career. Yeah. You absolutely. know, that's, it's just something so unique and, um, not a lot of people still today, I think really know about it and, uh, realize that we have that. And yeah, you know, all the places that I traveled and stuff, you know, my, my favorite gigs were definitely the Rolls Bowl parade. Um, mainly because the Badgers, it was like, 
our our Wisconsin Badgers team, um, the college football team. It was yeah. like their bowl yeah. um, back then, and I don't think they've been to one now in a while. But um, that was my – although that parade was long, 6.2 miles and yeah. dress blues, and if it's hot enough, you know, it gets pretty uncomfortable. But that was definitely one of my favorites. Um, you know, going up to Pleasanton, California and doing the Scottish Highland Games and uh, getting to work oh, yeah. with the 1st Battalion Scots Guard from Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't often meet unique people like that just on in day-to-day life, right? But True. those guys, I, I, I got to talk about them for a minute because they're, they're yeah, crazy. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I remember being up there and, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you do the day's gigs or whatever, but then afterwards, you know, you, you go back to the hotel and I remember we had suite 507 and it was for us and them, the Scots guard. And we'd okay. go up there afterwards and it was like everything and anything you wanted to drink was free and yeah. drink the whole night away. But I learned very quickly that, uh, you know, us being from Wisconsin and stuff here, um, we think we can drink a lot of people under the table. Don't ever try to drink a Scotsman under the table because it just does not work at all. Yeah, yeah. These guys are nuts. I mean, I remember being up there and I've got, you know, my one beer in my hand and there's this guy sitting at the bar with two Jack and Cokes and a beer in front of him. And I, I remember asking, I was like, are all those yours or is someone sitting next to you? And he's like, nope, they're all mine. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, yeah. What size is your liver? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, all those guys over in in that area and, and Europe and all that type of stuff, it's a little different atmosphere when it comes to uh, what the norm is in, in drinking. Uh, Very much. So it's, it's a little more um, uh, more social and, and this happens more often, I think, than we do here in America. Very much so, yeah. And I learned that very quickly. And I actually, um, you know, I became good good friends with one of the guys. Uh, his name's Martin, and I'm still good friends with him today. But they nice. actually, the Scots Guard and the Queen's own Royal Marine Band actually came to Rockford, Illinois here back in, I think it was 20, it was either 2016 or 2018. Very cool. So I actually, I drove down to see them mm-hmm. and uh, met up with him again. And it was the same deal. Like they'd play their, I watched them play their gig in the theater. Mm-hmm. We all went out afterwards and it was the same thing again. Oh, Three yeah. drinks for every one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had uh, I met uh, a lot of the guys uh, in the Royal Marines uh, band. Uh, yeah. There's five Royal Marine bands, and so every year they do a beating retreat ceremony mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. uh, well. Now the king he was uh, the queen's husband at the time, but uh, so uh, we went. We're invited. I was with Second Marine Division band. We were invited to go and perform there, and then the Netherlands Royal Marine band was there as well. Yeah, and uh, and me at the time I was a drum major, so they took us out into town at the end. We're like, oh hey, let's go have a drink or whatever. Oh my god, man, they got me so messed up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's drink after drink, and I'm like, oh my god. I I eventually was able to escape, make it back to my room, get some sleep. Uh, but we had rehearsals all day the next day, and we're out there in the sun, and it was hot, and I'm like, oh, this is horrible horrible i look yeah. at my fellow drum majors and what are they doing they're alternating going in and out so they go take a nap and then come up i'm the only drum major so i'm up there the whole time then uh, we finish that entire day like eight hours of rehearsing and stuff and they're like okay well hey let's meet up and go go out again and i'm like go out again oh my god <laughs> yeah so every night was like that though they they can drink that's for sure yeah yeah that, that is definitely for sure you know i um but yeah, that Pleasanton was by far, I think, probably one of my favorite gigs of all time. Um, just working with another military and mm-hmm. learning their cultures and stuff, yeah, you know, true. and you're you're playing the same music they are, too. I mean, um, you know, Scotland, the Brave and everything, mm-hmm. which I mean, we played at least once a week, almost at, yeah. at all the recruit graduations when we we're doing slow march and stuff across a parade deck. That's right. You know, um, but. Add bagpipes to it. No, not mm-hmm. not just like ten bagpipes. Eight hundred bagpipes <laughs> and drums. Yeah. I, I my bones and my body. I've never had so many goosebumps in my life. Yeah. That horse track. I mean, that was um, just absolutely amazing. And I, it almost makes you kind of want to cry a little bit because you know, especially like when they're playing um, 
um, oh gosh, Amazing Grace. Yeah, Amazing yeah. Grace gets me every darn time. Yeah, yeah. They always have I a mean, solo solo bagpiper play, and then the whole pipes come in, and yep. yeah, it's pretty cool. And you're playing right there with the drums. I mean, mm -hmm. it, you know, and gosh, yeah. And I think you know, MBSD is kind of unique, just just like the Paris Island band, because you know, every single week we're doing the recruit graduations and stuff, and yeah. And then the family days and the all the ceremonies that go with that. And then, you know, obviously any other extra stuff around the base, like sometimes a general, I know uh, Brigadier General Salinas at the time, I guess she wanted like a, she wanted a piper and then she, or no, not a piper. Uh, she wanted someone to play bagpipes. And then I actually had to go and play uh, some drums. And I think we just did Amazing Grace or something. I can't oh, really? remember. Wow. Um, but, you know, just all the little like small gigs that you do, even just outside being, you know, either doing marching band or concert band or being in like the small ensembles, like the party band that I was in. I, that was by far another one of my favorite things was, um, you know, just getting a break off from some, the larger unit and then getting to do something kind of unique and that you can have fun with. Oh yeah. Um, because I, you know, I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this, but you know, when, when we're on the march and you're, you're doing, you know, that sort of thing, it's, it's very serious and, uh -huh you know, no one wants any mistakes, even though we always strive for perfection, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we're still human and still sometimes mistakes happen, but when they happen, you sure know it because you pay for it in the end. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what mistakes do you remember? Uh, well, let's see. I remember you. Okay. When I first got to MBSD, um, uh -huh. the whole band was on leave and it was just so, uh, Corporal Hall at the time, Jante Hall, who I became real close with, um, you know, he, he picked me up from the airport and there was, I think you were there. And then, uh, I think it was Sergeant Wills and then maybe Staff Sergeant Woods at the time, I think. Okay. There, there was very few people around, but I, I know you and I went to this gig over on Miramar at the air wing. Uh -huh. Um, and it was, I, I'm trying to, I think it was just me and you and we, we were just going to play a six, eight cadence because they wanted to march troops. Yeah. And that was it. And I remember being so scared that I was going to jack it up. And I did. I remember this very specifically. I jacked up the six, eight cadence and I just started playing, I think triplets instead of what, <laughs> you know, what you were supposed to play with the, the flams and everything and right. the accents and everything. And I'm just, I just remember making the mistake and then staring outside of this giant aircraft hangar, watching these guys and thinking, I'm going to die. I'm going <laughs> to die after this. He's, he's going to kill me. <laughs> and I remember you, you, you know, you, you, you did say some stuff, but you, you didn't like, like totally chew my butt or anything, but it was yeah. just like, do you know what you're doing? Do you, do you know the six, eight cadence? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, my first gig at MBSD and I, I totally shit the bed. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it did. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the, those larger gigs that we would do, um, you know, and aside from the Rose Bowl parade itself, going up there and doing band fest. And yeah. I, I always thought about it as kind of like a mini version of uh, Drum Corps International, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, going up there and performing for all those people and like, um, you know, and the the prep that it, what we would always do for it, you know, mm -hmm. um, beforehand and everything. I I miss some of that, you know, and it's just when you're at that top tier and that that amount of professionalism that you're striving for and that you have. Yeah. Um, you know, it's to look back on it now. And I mean, I'm going to be 35 here in February and I, I got out when I was 23, you know, and almost over a decade later, it's just to say I was a part of that. It, I'm proud of it, even though, you know, and I mean, I'm sure you can attest to this too. You, you run across those people that are in the Marine Corps or that are out of the Marine Corps and, you know, they'll tell you, Oh, you're a pogue, which means yeah. person other than grunt for those that don't know, yeah. um, you know, or, uh, you know, the people that are, out or that are just civilians on the road. I, I remember them like spinning at us and being like, you're not real Marines and all this other stuff. So there's, there's that, that goes into it too. And obviously yeah. it makes you feel bad. And it's like, you know, yeah, but they just, they don't understand that we all go to the same boot camp. Mm -hmm. It's not like we just picked up an instrument one day and put on a uniform. Yeah. You know, um, but I, 
very proud of what I did, even though it, I didn't deploy it all, you know, um, someone's got to do it and make the Marine Corps look good. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, you look back on it and, uh, it was always, uh, for me, like a pride thing. And and you, you go out and you're representing something that's bigger than yourself. You're representing the Marine Corps and, and sometimes you're the only Marine that somebody has seen. Uh, you know, you go to a small area or you go to different places throughout the U S they've never really seen Marines, like maybe one walking or something like that, but, you know, having interactions with them, that doesn't normally happen. So you're it, you know, and, and people come to you and say, thank you and, and stuff like that. So as a, as a bandsman, Marine bandsman, you're getting those, those accolades on behalf of the Marine Corps. Right. And, and which is a, you know, that's a very big deal in, in my opinion. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I think, you know, and I, I think Marine musicians and, you know, sometimes Marines in general that aren't necessarily in that combat role, they kind of, they forget about that. And, yeah. you know, they, they let their feelings get the best of them because they feel bad that they didn't go to Iraq or they didn't go to Afghanistan and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And to be honest, I would say a lot of the Marines that I have run across that have been there, um, that I'm, you know, really good friends with and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, they they really don't care. Yeah. Yes. You're going to get that 10% in the onesies and twosies that do, but mm-hmm. for the, the most part, they don't care. And they're like, wow, that was cool. Like, what was your experience like? Yeah. Um, you know, because it's something that they're never going to get to experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And everybody's experience is a little bit different, which is why we're doing these podcasts. Right. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's a, it's an amazing thing that you, uh, you know, you, you, you came onto this and are, um, you know, getting these stories from people because, um, you know, especially those veterans that I don't, I don't know how many you've interviewed, but, you know, Vietnam veterans and mm-hmm. yep, got a few of those. Yeah. Going way back, you know, they, they need an outlet to tell those stories, you know, and um, some people with, you know, that have PTSD and everything, you know, sometimes talking about it helps. Sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, if you're able to talk about it and just not really be judged and just tell your story, I think that's what can truly help them as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that's a huge, huge factor being able to just talk about it. And if, if I can help in any way and give you a platform to be able to let it out and then that be there for, you know, future generations, other people that maybe are, are experiencing it as well uh, and can hear that, Hey, there is somebody else out there experiencing it. Uh, and then for, you know, friends and family, like a lot of times, uh, you know, we don't really sit down and tell our story. Uh, we'll tell jokes or, you know, funny things that happened or whatever, but you don't really tell the, the whole story of what you did. Um, right. so your family doesn't really know, uh, the whole thing. So when you can sit down in a platform like this and be able to just from start to finish and tell your whole story, you know, that's a, that's a completely different, uh, different go. And it's, it's, it's huge in my opinion for your friends and your family to kind of get, see a glimpse into, uh, what you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Hey, um, we're approaching that hour mark here, Zach. So I I think what we'll do is maybe we'll take a break here and, uh, then we'll, uh, do another podcast. Cause I want to, I want to hear what happened to you. Like after you left, uh, the Marine Corps, everything that you accomplished while you were out and uh, those types of things. Uh, but before we actually end this, is there anything you want to say to anybody out there or anything that you want to uh, leave our listeners with? Did I lose you? Okay. I might've lost him. Can you hear me? Oh, I got you. Okay. Did you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I got you. Um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, um, if there's any younger people that are, are listening that are kind of trying to figure out what direction to go in life and what to do with life, um, you know, if you're about to get out of high school and you're thinking about the military, um, it is one of the best things I ever did for myself um, because it shaped the rest of my life. Uh, completely. And if I, if I hadn't made the decision to go in and I did not, um, you know, spend my four years on active duty, I I don't know what else I would have done. And I definitely would never 
be who I am today. Uh, there's no question about that. So if if you're having trouble making a decision and yeah, you probably hear all these rumors about how brutal the Marine Corps is and everything. It's not that bad. And it really is the best decision that you could. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, to all the listeners out there, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, if you want to become a patron, please do so. You can go to the website, click on patron, and you can uh, support the podcast here. Um, and with that, Stay motivated and change your socks.